0: Bill, that was Sharon Salzberg. Uh, she um, entered the spiritual uh, kind of uh, journey around that. Well, you, you, you started earlier than me, but I, I started uh, TM in 70, uh, not far from where she was. I was in New York City. And so uh, I did not at that time uh, ever hear of mindfulness or much about, I, I did like her. I took a course in college on uh, eastern philosophy and and uh it was discussion of the buddha
1: huh you and she were lucky
0: yeah buddha buddhism that sort of thing but then uh most of the uh exposure i had uh came from more hindu tradition and uh so i, I heard less about i didn't really know anybody doing buddhist practice back then did you was it how come no, was it back then mindfulness you hear i never heard mindfulness No, maybe the last 10 years. Yeah,
1: that came up a little. No, well, they were using more the Buddhist term Vipassana a lot. Um, And I remember learning about those methods and and that there were Americans teaching it maybe in the mid to late 70s when she and the others started uh, the retreat center at Barry. But in the late 60s, when I got into all this, Zen was the the popular form of Buddhism. And the first right. the first exposure I had to Eastern philosophy were books on Zen, like Alan Watts, and you know others, and then of course all the gurus that came, Maharishi and Muktananda and Sachidananda and all those people that you know I wrote about were um, they were that became the uh, the Orientation for most of us, as right, truth, but the, the
0: ashram, the ashram she went to, the the, the, the the guru was Hindu, was he not from Hindu tradition? And
1: no, it, it, she was a Buddhist, went specifically to Bodh Gaya, which is okay. um, the part in the north of India, it's, it's the place where Buddha was said to have become enlightened, and the Bodhi okay. tree that he sat under when he attained his awakening uh, is there as a pilgrimage kind of thing. And there's, there are teachers and you know retreat centers and all that. It sounds like she went there, you know for that she had maybe it was chance, but I' you know maybe she had that destination in mind to, to learn Buddhist practices. Right.
0: Also, I, I wanted to ask about what you would know more. About, the Insight Meditation Society, which Sharon was a co-founder of, that's what that's very very well known. I've heard a lot about it. It's out in uh, she. I think she said it's between Amherst and and uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, out in that area. Uh, and uh, I, have you been there? And you no. Who else is out of that? Is Cornfield from there?
1: I, I, I think they all started it together. I don't know if if Jack Kornfeld, you know, I don't know the the whole story, but the three names I always have associated with that place was Jack Kornfeld, Susan Salzberg, Joseph Goldstein, there may have been others, but those are well-known people who became became well-known. Jack Kornfeld at some point moved to Marin County and started Spirit Rock the, the mm-hmm. uh, meditation and retreat center there, which is probably very similar to what's done in Barry. But I don't know enough of the details, but people can go- now, now,
0: when when did the uh, the term mindfulness become so very popular? Because like I said, it's really in the last decade that I've heard it from every angle. Yeah. And maybe I've, I heard it before, maybe I was I, I associated it with Buddhism before, but I don't remember it. It wasn't think, certainly wasn't as uh, bantered around as it is now.
1: No, I think it became a, a kind of the the English word for a certain category of Buddhist practices, and it caught on. And I think the principal uh, catalyst for that was John Kabat-Zinn. Other, you know, very important mindfulness practitioner who did studies, I believe, at Mass General, uh, studying the efficacy of these practices on various measures of health and well-being, similar to what happened to TM back in the early 70s, uh, that, you know, studying these forms. And the secularization of them uh, became a uh, mindfulness, stress management, and, and things like that. And and it caught on. And so uh, the English term mindfulness became widely uh, used. And as- does, does, seen, does the Dalai
0: Lama use the term mindfulness uh, when, he, when he talks about- You know, practice? he probably
1: does. I know Thich Nhat Hanh so. did. Thich Nhat yeah. Hanh certainly did. So, you know, it strictly speaking, it was applied to a certain category of kind of pra- Buddhist practice. But, uh, you know, the way things happen in popular media, when something uh, gets a lot of attention, you know, people are careless with their phrases. So, so now mindfulness is applied to anything, any Everything. meditation form people call mindfulness, even if it's not you know what we would think of as a meditative practice and it gets a little confusing but you know people who are serious will sort it out (laughs) yeah but but i was yeah i know i
0: i uh buddhism
1: what say that again you froze what'd you say you broke up there for a second oh i thought you Uh, broke up
0: i uh, buddhism broke up with who Okay, I I don't know. It's uh, breaking up is hard to do. there was yeah. a song. but uh, Buddhism. No, I, I it's hard to to tell how many Buddhists there are in the United States because when somebody becomes a Buddhist, they don't necessarily you know it's not like becoming baptized or uh, or bar mitzvah or something. It's you know it's just you make that decision. You know Phil Jackson for the the coach of the uh, Chicago Bulls. You know he was a he became a Buddhist, but. What did that mean? Did he just decide? I think it's more of a decision or a way of life or a practice you yeah, participate in, will or a decision you some make. People that I a... will
1: self-identify as Buddhist. Uh, obviously, there's a whole lot of people in America who were born into it. What what the scholars mm-hmm. call the inheritors, as opposed to the adopters. So, also within Hinduism, there's a lot of people right. born into Hinduism and they're self-identified Hindus, they're the inheritors. But then there's people like us who, who practice all the, you know, forms that c- derive from what we call Hinduism, but very few of us self-identify as Hindus. And, but it's it's a I kind know. of similar thing in, in Buddhist world. There's a tremendous number of people employing Buddhist practices and principles who don't call themselves Buddhists, but many do. So it's a, probably an individual choice and
0: it, it, it's a it's a wonderful and complicated world of yeah, spirituality. I love that. And, and by the way, this is being recorded on uh, March 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day uh, two, oh, 2021. We're hoping that the pandemic is uh, fading. It, it seems that way, but uh, we're not 100% sure. But certainly, I think during this period of time this last year, which has been very trying for so many people, and uh, it's been, you know, difficult, difficult time. But I think many people uh, discovered the value of going inward, of uh, being more on the self and more uh, absorbed in the outer world. And that uh, gives one strength and uh, an ability to move more easily through these uh, you know, rough, rough waters of pandemic and uh, other, other turbulence that comes in the world. So very good to have an internal earth. and an external life.
1: And I'm very pleased to give her another plug, uh, Real Change. I'm very pleased that one of our right. voices for the turning inward and in using practices, meditative practices, has right. also addressed the importance of healing the world uh, because uh, right. it's not only important to protect ourselves and heal ourselves, like I did in my recent book, you know, the last chapter was about bringing you know the the qualities of inner peace and uh, expanded clarity of mind. And, and, fulfill, and for
0: those in listening life. and hmm? watching, you have a copy of your book to show them the cover.
1: Oh, that would that, that would that would be self-serving, Dennis. Why would I that do be that?
0: Your <laughs> because you're not only serving yourself. But it's serving yourself serving the, serving the world but yeah give us the so title
1: so i was really glad we were able to get all started. right well we should have her back
0: yeah and and uh, before we end again i want to thank those people that have contributed uh allowed us to stay in the air upgrade our uh, our, our equipment a bit and uh for those who would like to keep us on the air and like to uh, uh keep our a- archives free and available to all, and at least 260 plus uh, episodes in there now, Uh, go to spiritmatterstalk.com and uh, it's very easy to contribute. Also, uh, Jack Greasehaber, who has helped us with all our technology, asked me to mention, which I forgot uh, uh, during the uh, interview, but now during the discussion section, in the lower right-hand corner when you're watching, there's a spot to click or listening, whether your podcast is a little spot that says subscribe. It's a little red subscribe right where my finger is if you're watching and that's where you click and please please subscribe it means a lot to us if you do
1: you could in in other words listeners you can um, subscribe to the audio podcast or you can subscribe and or you could subscribe to the youtube channel should you care to see us thank you dennis see you next time Bye.